worry about anything but in everything but prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any gray, any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Verses 1 through 17, Exodus chapter 20. And then briefly sharing from the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you, remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Verses 1 through 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Father, we thank you once again for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all the young people that, were, that have been a part of our Ten Commandments pro-life speech contest. Thank you for the privilege of having... Uh, Baylor on with us today, one of our contestants. Thank you for the opportunity to have our mom, Carmen, on as well. And thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit with us here on this broadcast, Father. Father, we ask, we ask that you'd pour out your mercy, grace, and peace mightily upon all the young people, the children and youth that participated in the Ten Commandments Pro-Life Speech Contest and more and more stir believers to encourage our children and youth to be about our Father's business, to be involved in the work of the building of God's kingdom and the tearing down of the kingdom of darkness. Thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 
Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. Rick is going to share a word of prayer as well at this time. Father in heaven, we're so thankful that we can approach your glorious throne today. Sinners like us can approach your throne, and we come knowing we're clothed in the righteousness of your dear Son, your perfect Son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us. Father, we exalt you. We lift high your name today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. As always, we appreciate you listening to the Hour of Intercession. And we'd like to mention many of our listeners will be aware of the fact that we have a project going called the Ten Commandments Project, which actually is an ongoing uh, discipleship project with young people and children. And also a specific side of the program was our Ten Commandments Pro-Life Speech Contest. And We've featured some of the participants so far, them and some of their parents, and we're grateful to have with us today one more of the participants. Uh, Baylor is with us today and her mother, Carmen. Baylor and Carmen, how are you all today? Doing good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Thank you all so much for being with us today. And uh, again, grateful that you all took time out of your busy schedules to be with us and Again, this is to me has been a very exciting project to have all the children and young people to participate, and we're grateful that you all could take time to come on today. And we're going to hear Baylor. We're going to hear your speech in just a few minutes, though. But as we get started, I'm going to ask uh, Carmen. Carmen, you're at Baylor's mom, and we're grateful to have you on as well. So thank you for being on with us too. Glad I could be here. All right then. Now I didn't ask. Uh, is Baylor your oldest child, or which? where is she in your home? Yes, she's my oldest of two. Oldest of two. Okay. Well, again, we're grateful to, that you allowed her to be a part of this uh, Ten Commandments Pro-Life Speech Contest. And specifically, Carmen, just want to ask you a few things. Um, before we, we're going to hear, as I said, we're going to hear Carmen's speech in just a few moments, but before we hear her speech and hear from Carmen, wanted to ask you just a few things because, again, we're really grateful to have parents like you that would uh, uh, allow and encourage your children to to be a part of a project like this. And I want to be clear, it is a discipleship project. You know, the Great Commission is for us to go into all the world and make disciples. And, of course, we start with ourselves and our own families. And so we appreciate parents like you, Carmen, that would have your child to be a part of of a project like this. So as we start, I want to ask, Carmen, can you tell us how do you feel like your daughter Baylor has been encouraged in her faith by participating in the Ten Commandments speech project? Well, I think that it's, that it's helped her because I believe that children need to find out what they believe for themselves. You know, parents can guide and we can tell our children why we believe what we believe and what we believe. But until a child has a revelation for themselves on what they believe and they find it and they dig in the Word, then it won't be true to themselves. And I think by her doing this project, she was able to get in the Bible, find out for herself the Scriptures, and now I think that this has become a true conviction for herself. Mm. You know, Carmen, I really appreciate you sharing that in that because— you know, it's so wise for parents like yourself to to really want to be serious about discipling our children, helping them to come to know Christ, and then helping them to grow up. And encouraging her to be a part of a project like this, of course, is something that, as you just alluded to, helps to plant God's Word deeper 
in her heart. So again, we really do appreciate that. Were you surprised that Baylor chose to be uh, be in the Ten Commandments speech contest? Well, not really. Um, her grammar teacher, which we love, she um, they had a book report that they had to do, like a research paper, and there was a list of topics, and one of the topics was abortion. And her teacher contacted me and was like, hey, we know this subject can be, you know, tricky for younger teenagers for like as Baylor's age. And she's like, you know, I would like for you to pray about it. I think Baylor would be a good candidate to write the research paper on it. And I prayed about it, and I was kind of on the fence, but I was, I got a piece about it. And Baylor had come to me, and she said that she wanted to write this paper based on the biblical side of it plus the medical side. So I found her like a, a book that was just completely neutral on the fact. And she started reading, and the more she read in that book, the statistics and how harmful abortion was to the body and the mental side. And then she got in the Bible, and she started reading on it. And it was just like it became such a passion for her that mm. her paper, it was, it was an amazing paper that she wrote. So then when this speech was presented to her, she just jumped on board with it and she was ready to go because she had already had such strong convictions about this topic. Mm-hmm. You know, that again, that's powerful to hear. Uh, the, and, you know, it's encouraging that her uh, teacher encouraged her to consider it as well, though, because sadly, in many school settings, they wouldn't even want to allow someone to deal with a topic like that. So thank the Lord that you that she was in a, in a school that encouraged her to consider doing that. And, of course, it's not just a nice topic to deal with. The fact that Baylor is speaking out on such a critical, important topic is so important because just like being on this broadcast, thousands of people will get a chance to hear her speech and be blessed and encouraged by it. So, again, we're grateful that you had her to be a part of it and that she wanted to be a part of it as well. How do you think any young person could benefit by participating in a project of this type? I just think this is such a real subject in today's society that I think that kids need to find out what they believe in and to to get their beliefs and to stand for their Christian faith and to not bow down to, you know, the world's view on things. And I think that we have to live an example, A, that's pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to be a light for people and we need to be led by the Holy Spirit to know right from wrong, and just to be a light and example to people. Mm. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And again, I appreciate just your conviction about that, too. Our our children need to be involved because the reality is many of their peers are not here because of the tragedy of abortion. And so thank God for young people that do get involved in helping to speak the truth along with adults that are willing to speak up as well. And finally, then let me ask one last question here. What are some insights that you believe the Lord has taught you about helping and encouraging both Baylor in particular, but maybe even other young people, too, to walk with Christ through this project? I think the biggest thing is that our kids are watching us as adults. And as a parent, you cannot just tell your kids what to do. You have to be an example. And if not, your kids are going to think you're a hypocrite. And I think parents need to get more involved in their kids' lives. They need to get in their business. They need to ask the hard questions because God is going to hold every parent account for how they raise their kids. And we need to make sure that we are setting a great example 
Are we reading our Bible? Are we standing up for biblical truth? Are we being a light to the world? Are we serving and doing our part in spreading the gospel? Our kids are watching us, and we just can't tell them what to do. We have to put action behind our words. Mm. You know, Carmen, that's such an important point. Uh, Our children are watching us sometimes when we realize it, and often they're watching us when we don't realize it. And so parents need to be wise enough to be very wise and careful about what our children see as in the way we live, because again, they're listening and learning every single day. So great, great point. Would you take time now to pray for other parents, for them to grow in their understanding of the need to make discipling our children just a high, high priority? Yes, I will. God, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you that you are a good God and you are good at being God. And I thank you that you have given us this time to share your goodness and to be a witness of your goodness and your mercy. And I thank you that today that someone was able to hear and that it will give them peace and confirmation on things that they have been praying about. And that you will help parents take a stand and to be leaders and examples for their children. And that they will be a beacon of light and they'll be a mile marker in their kids' life on this day. And we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for being a good God in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, too, thank you for Carmen. Thank you for Carmen. Thank you for Baylor. Thank you for many other Christian parents that may be listening today that desire to do a good job of discipling their children. Anoint us all afresh with the spirit of wisdom and grace and diligence. Help us to be faithful, to on a daily basis be about the work of discipling our children, helping them to first to come to know Christ and then helping them to grow up to become prayer warriors, to become diligent students of your word, and to become believers who not only hear the word of God, but are doers of God's word as well. Thank you for the privilege and the joys of being parents that have the privilege of discipling our children, helping them to come to know Christ and to grow in their faith as well. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guests today are Carmen and Baylor, and in on the other side of the break, we're going to listen to talk to Baylor and hear her pro-life speech. We'll be right back.
music of Toby Mac with It's You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guests today are Baylor and her mother Carmen, and Baylor is one of our Ten Commandments pro-life speech contestants, and we're grateful to have her on the broadcast today. And so we just heard from her mother Carmen a few moments ago, and now we're going to hear from Baylor, and we're going to hear her speech momentarily as well. Baylor, how are you today? I'm doing great. That's good. Great to have you on the broadcast. And thank you again for being the courageous young young lady that you are, that you were willing to get involved with a project like this. And I was grateful to hear that your mom mentioned that you'd done an essay addressing this topic in a school setting as well. Again, it's great to share truth in any capacity, wherever the Lord opens the door. So thanks for your participating. Now tell us, uh, Baylor, how old you are? I am 14 years old. You're 14. Okay, then. All right. Well, again, we're grateful to have you on. You're going to share a passage of Scripture with us before we listen to your speech. What passage were you going to read for us? It's John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. Okay. Go right ahead. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art the teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles, for thou art does, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it goes, and the hears the sound therefore but cannot tell whence it comes and whether it goes. So that is which is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can this be? How can this be? Jesus answered and said unto him, And thou art a master of Israel, and knowest these things. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do not know, and we testify what we have seen, and yet we receive not our witness. If I have told you these things earlier, you have not believed me. How shall you believe me if I tell you of these heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven. That he came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son unto the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, that he believeth on him, and is not condemned, that he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation, that light is to come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds to be reproved. But he that hath doeth truth come into the light, and his deeds may be made manifest, that they were wrought in God. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Baylor. You're an excellent reader. Thank you for taking the time to read that passage again. That was... John chapter 3, verses 3 to 21. So again, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Baylor, we're going to take time now to listen to your speech, and then we're going to get a chance to talk with you about it afterwards then, okay? Okay. Okay. Medical abortion is defined as terminating a pregnancy before the full term. The question asked of us today is, is abortion murder? Exodus 2013 says, that should not murder. That verse is plain and simple, but many people try to argue that life starts after birth. Dr. Alfred Bon Jovi, physician-in-chief at the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, says that life starts at conception. 
In the first 24 hours after conception, the fetus already has a genetic DNA. At 18 days after conception, the heart has begun to form and the inside of the eyes are beginning to form. Three days after the heart is formed, it begins pumping blood throughout the body. At the 28 day mark, the fetus has small buds for arms and legs. Within 30 days, the brain is almost fully developed. The fetus's mouth, nose, ears begin taking shape at the 35 day mark. The fetus's brain waves and heartbeat can both be recorded this time by an ultrasonic telescope. Its skeletal system is beginning to form by the 50th day after conception. By eight weeks, the hands and feet are formed and the unborn can respond to sounds and can possibly feel pain. By the 12th week, the child can smell, frown, urinate, and even swallow. But abortions performed at this time are considered early abortions. Genesis 9, 6 says, Whoever sheds the blood of a man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. God is the author of conception. Each baby that is conceived is created and designed in God's image. Psalms 139 says, For you are formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and we should walk in them. All of these verses tell us that God is ultimately in control, and that God loves us unconditionally, and that God has a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. No matter the circumstances, God is the author and the father of life. Each baby created has a purpose and a plan. And murder is wrong. I stand pro-life. Amen. Amen. A beautiful speech. Very powerful speech, Bailey. You, you sound like a Christian medical doctor. That's that's the way you sound. So thank you again for sharing that speech. Um, now, uh, Baylor, let me just mention too, something that we are encouraging all the uh, participants to do is to pursue opportunities to share the speech in other places. So like, for example, we're encouraging each participant to ask your pastor if you can share it at church, whether it be the video or you doing it live, or uh, if there's an opportunity at your school. But we are encouraging that, so we hope that you'll consider that. But just a few questions that I wanted to ask you, Baylor. Um, now, what would you say made you decide to enter the Ten Commandments speech contest? I think what made me decide was previously in the year, we were assigned to write a research paper, like my mom said, mm-hmm. and persuade readers towards a one point from a bias standpoint. I chose abortion as my topic. Then later in the year, one of my teachers recommended this to me, and I jumped at the opportunity because I'd already been educated on this subject, and I had a, a good base for the, for the subject, and so I'd researched and studied this topic. That, well, I'm, we're very glad that you did decide to get involved, and you've done a great job too. And um, I, I let it be known too. I'm, I'm the coordinator for the project, but I'm not one of the judges. And I guess I couldn't be a judge. I'd probably give everybody first place. Everybody did a great job that participated. But your speech was a beautiful speech again. And so, now tell me this: Did you learn anything new as you researched and prepared for your speech? I did, actually. While writing my speech, I was searching for scripture that backed my argument. I found so many scriptures that talked about God's love for us and how much He is willing to do for us. Now these scriptures stay in the back of my mind, and whenever I'm struggling or feeling down, I think of these scriptures, and they really help me. Mm, 
That's good. That's good. And, you know, glad to know that you did learn and grow because that's certainly one of the goals. It, it, this is a, a discipleship project and grateful to know that the Lord clearly used it to help you grow in your knowledge of truth. And, again, great, powerful speech. Well, tell me this now. How has being involved in this project helped you grow as a Christian? How do you feel like it's helped you to develop in your walk with the Lord? I think it's helped me grow. Uh, like I said earlier, they give me these like awesome scriptures that just tell me how how loved I am and how much God loves me and how we can we can stand on these scriptures at all times. And that's how I really grew as a Christian through this speech. Mm, that's good. That's good. What would you say are some things that teens, other teens, could do to help? Uh, reach other teens with the gospel. You know, as a young person in the world and the culture we live in, uh, of course, everyone needs Jesus, but of course you live in a world where you interact with lots of other teens as well. What would you say are some things that teens and youth your age can do to help reach others with the gospel today? They can share their testimonies with others, and they can just be a light to others struggling. When people are struggling, especially teens, they tend to run to something that is light and looks better than their life. Um, most teams like to do things that are relatable. And if we are relatable and like since we're both struggling, that can be a, a really helpful point. As Christians, we are called to be a light in the dark, a city set on the hill. We can also pray for those people who are trying to lead to the Lord. And probably the most important thing is don't be scared of rejection from others. From others, Rejection, they're not rejecting you. They're just rejecting the words you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a wise young lady. I appreciate you sharing that, uh, Baylor. Thank you so much, then. Uh, why, why do you think there are so many teens? You know, today in our society, there are lots of people, including lots of young people, teenagers and otherwise, that just aren't in church today. Now, obviously, some, lots of people would say, well, it's because of COVID, yet at the same time, it's important. Now, lots of people have gone back to church, but why would you say that many youth and teenagers in particular aren't in church, aren't attending church these days? Well, I think most teens copy what they see. If their parents aren't in church, the teens really aren't going to be in church. Every teen needs a role model they can look up to and basically mimic what they do. That's why it's so important to monitor who you hang around with and know who your true friends and who your role models are. Mm. Uh, again, appreciate you sharing that. And that's a major point, too, um, Baylor, that if the parents aren't going, then typically the teens won't go either. And how that's a tragedy, but that's, that's true. You make a great, great point. Well, uh, I want to ask specifically this question here. What would you say as a young person in our, as a young Christian in our culture today, what would you say are some of the biggest problems that teens your age are facing today? I think one of the biggest problems uh, is self-image and trying to fit into a category they were not intended to fit in. God made everyone differently and he makes no mistakes. We see people on these social media platforms posting only a glimpse of their life, only the highlights, and we get so jealous or sad because we're not them, but we were never intended to be them. God made everyone differently, and He loves us each individually. Mm, okay, well, thank you for sharing your thoughts there. And then, finally then, too, um, what would you say are some of the mistakes that uh, young people make while trying to build a relationship with God, what are some areas in their lives or what are some things that they do that really are mistakes in them seeking to be uh, Christians? I think in my opinion, I believe that we want to have a relationship with God, but we're not putting in the work. Uh, This illustration has been said many times, but I'd like to use it now. 
if you had a friend and you never talked to them, you really wouldn't be friends. That's how Jesus is when we talk to him. We have to read the Bible to learn about him. We have to make an effort to build a relationship. Even when we're tired, we need to read our Bible. And even when things aren't going right, we need to pray. I think a very important thing is you have to put up a strong foundation before the storm hits. And so then in the calm, you can rely on what you built. Mm, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you again for sharing there. So I want to ask now, um, Carmen, if you'll take time to pray specifically for young people um, that many would come to know the Lord and whatever else is on your heart to pray for young people today. Okay. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity that we get to speak what's on our minds, Lord. And I thank you that people will not be afraid of rejection when they're leading people to the Lord. I pray that you'll give them the strength and you'll give them the willpower to continue to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Father, to thank you for Baylor. Thank you for Carmen. Thank you for the privilege of having them on today. And thank you again for your hand of grace upon them. Father, thank you for the fact that, again, uh, Baylor was courageous enough to do a speech, to put together a speech and to share it. And Father, I pray that you'll use her as a mighty witness in our culture today. Bless Baylor indeed. Expand her territory Cause your hand to be mightily upon her, keep her from evil, that she may not cause pain. And, Lord, anoint her afresh with the with spirit of grace. And, Lord, open more doors for her to be able to share not only this speech, but open the door for her to be used by you to touch many more lives, both her age as well as others as well. And, Father, I pray that you just direct her, help her to discern clearly your, your clear and mighty call upon her life and help her to fulfill that call altogether. We thank you and praise you. And Father, we pray also for many other youth in our culture. We see so many young people, sadly, in the news for for tragic and negative reasons. Too many young people in shootings involved in crimes and different things going on in our society that demonstrate so many of the problems in our culture. Father, send forth many more laborers amongst youth and children who would proclaim the gospel to them so that they would come to know Christ. And send forth more laborers who would disciple children and youth so that they too would come to know the Lord and grow in their faith as well. And we thank and praise you for that. And Lord, more and more stir the church to make ministering the gospel and discipling our children and youth uh, the priority you would have us to, to make it. We thank and praise you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, again, Carmen and Baylor, thank you all so much for being with us. I appreciate it, and you all keep up the great work living for the Lord, okay? Okay. All right, and you all be blessed. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back.
music of Elevation Worship with O Sing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Again, we're grateful to have as our phone guest today, Carmen Ann Baylor. And Baylor is one of our uh, pro-life speech contest participants in our Ten Commandments project. And uh, Baylor, again, we're going to let you go in just a few moments, but you were going to share a couple more passages of Scripture for us then. I think you were going to read from Psalm 71. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, go right ahead. All right. Psalm 71, 1 through 11. In thee, O Lord, drop of my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness, and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me, and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the hands of the wicked, and out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord, O God, and thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been held up from the womb. Thou art my rock, and thou hast took me out of my mother's vows, and my praise have been continual of thee. I am wonder unto thee, for thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and thy honor all the day. Let cast me out of my own age, forsake me when not, my strength has failed. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. So now I'll be reading number six, twenty-two through twenty-seven. Okay. And the Lord spake, and the Lord spoke unto Moses, and saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, O this is wise, you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face stand upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee, and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. All right, Baylor. Thank you so much for sharing those passages. All of those are some powerful passages. Thank you for taking the time. One last question before I let you go, let you and your mom go there. But again, really appreciate you all taking the time to be with us. But, uh, you know, something that we pretty regularly on the broadcast, we encourage, uh, well, all of our listeners, young people and adults, to set a goal of reading at least three chapters in the Bible every day. Uh, Reading the Word of God is so important. Baylor, if one of your uh, fellow, one of your peers were to say, Baylor, why is reading the Bible important? important to you or why why should I read my Bible every day? How would you how do you think you'd respond to that person? Well I would respond with I think it's so important to build a foundation on the rock. The Bible talks about building your house upon the rock, not the sand before the storm comes. And if you read your Bible, that's like build putting walls up to your house. And when you pray about it, that's like putting a roof on. And the stronger you build the house, the when the storms hit, the your house won't fall apart. Those are some very wise words, Baylor. Thank you so much. And again, I'm going to let you and your mom go. Thank you all so much again for being with us today. We really, really do appreciate it, okay? Okay. Y'all have a blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Again, we were grateful to have with us as our phone guest today, Carmen and Baylor. And again, Baylor did a great job sharing her pro-life speech as a part of our Ten Commandments uh pro-life speech contest. And so for the balance of the broadcast, I want to share some insights from an article that uh, I wrote and put on the AFA stand. But I want to really emphasize this, that it's so important for us to understand, like it or not, we all deal with spiritual warfare, serious spiritual warfare every single day. And the most powerful weapon in all the universe is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I can't overemphasize how important it is that we as believers are diligent students of Scripture, reading the Word daily. And as we mentioned pretty regularly, our encouragement is that believers set a goal of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day. 
could be the same chapter three times over. It could be three different chapters. But getting in those three chapters every day is a good goal to shoot for. But specifically, parents, we pretty regularly encourage parents to have the goal of having each of your children to read the Word of God out loud to you. Why is that important? Because assigning them to go read on their own uh, can be good to a point. However, sometimes children will do it, and sometimes children will say they did it when they really did not. But when you have them to read out loud to you, you know that they've done it, as well as you too will be blessed by their reading the Word of God out loud to you. So I want to take a moment to share this article. And if you'd like to get a copy of the article, please email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, joseph at afr.net. Please do. I'd like to get this article to you. The title of the article is Children Who Read the Word of God. Again, the title of the article, Children Who Read the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 105 tells us, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. 1 Timothy 4, 13. Then Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then finally, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 to 9. Many parents have never encouraged their children to read the word of God out loud. It is simply not a priority for them. Christian parents often take their children to Sunday school and church and that's a great thing. But sadly, having their children read the Word of God out loud to them every day, along with church attendance, is just not that important to too many parents. Allow me to make a case for why it would be very wise to change this reality. Consider this important question and the answers to it. What happens when a child reads the Word of God? What takes place in the life of a young person who is faithfully taking time to read God's Word every day? Well, number one, that child is spending time with Jesus. He or she is spending time interacting with Jesus as they take time to read his word. That child is spending time listening to the wisdom, grace, power, and insight of the creator of the universe. John chapter 1, verse 1, John 6, 63, Romans 12, 1 and 2. What more productive activity could your child possibly be doing? Number two. That young person is receiving the most powerful, life-changing, and uplifting insight in all of the universe. The transforming power of the Word of God is working on the mind and the heart of this young person as they read God's Word. The Word of God is impacting this youth in many very fruitful ways. Again, Romans 12, 1 and 2 and Proverbs chapter 1 and 2. And number three, this youth is spending time in the presence of Christ and God. And when any person spends time in the presence of God, 
he or she will not be the same on the other side of that time. John chapter 1, verse 1. Researchers at the Center for Bible Engagement found some interesting insights about the importance of and place of reading Scripture in the life of any believer. According to their research, the life of someone who engages and spends time in Scripture four or more times a week looks radically different from the life of someone who does not. They discovered that the, that the lives of believers who do not engage the Bible most days of the week, three days or less, are statistically the same as the lives of unbelievers. Spending time reading and meditating on Scripture daily is much more important than so many really grasp. So, parents, if you begin the family habit of having your child read the Word of God out loud to you daily, great things can begin to happen in your child's heart. Why is it important for your child to read out loud to you, the parent? Because you know for sure that he or she has spent time reading the Word of God. Sometimes a parent may tell a child, go read your Bible. Maybe the child will, maybe he won't. Our children are human beings, and as much as we like to think our children do what we tell them, that's not always the case. When you make time each day to have them read the Word of God, the Word of God out loud to you, you can know this for a fact. You know that they have spent time reading God's Word that day. Children and youth today are filling their minds with something. Sadly, too often it's been darkness, toxic information, and wicked worldly thinking and perspectives. Too many youths have filled their minds with pornography, online garbage, demonic insights from dark movies and TV shows, horror movies, etc. And too many youths spend hours playing dark video games and doing things online that are very negative spiritually, mentally, and otherwise. The blessed Word of God is pure light. There's absolutely nothing better for your children spiritually, mentally, and emotionally than the Word of God. We are told in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Word of God heals all the ills of life. God's Word is pregnant with the ability to bless us. The transforming power of God's Word is undeniable. It's powerful and it is mighty in every way for our good. Beginning the habit of having your child read God's Word out loud daily to you is very, very productive. It's a great way to help focus the power of God's Word onto and into the lives of our children. Today is a great day to start this family discipleship goal with your children. It'll help to produce eternal fruit in the lives of each of our precious children. Again, the title of that article is Children Who Read the Word of God. Please email us, email me at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. This is an article I think will both encourage you in your discipleship of your family, but also our hope is that you'll forward it to family members and fellow uh, workers on the job and fellow church members and others because it is a tool to encourage others and just the whole reality of the very, very fruitful nature of what happens when the parent has their child to read God's Word out loud. I can't overemphasize how productive it is in the heart and the life of our children. So parents, we hope that you'll make that a high priority. Once again, the title of the article, Children Who Read the Word of God, my email to get the article, joseph at afr.net. And as we typically do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today, 
and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, if you know that you're not saved or you're not sure, I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer of salvation with me now to make Christ your your Savior and Lord. Would you simply pray this prayer with me to invite him to come into your heart and save you today? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that a long time ago you came to this world. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. You told us in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to hear from you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. As always, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Please pray much for the ministry of the American Family Association. The Ministry of the American Family Radio Network and the Ministry of the Hour of Intercession, this radio broadcast. We very much desire and need your prayers. Hope that you'll pray for us. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.